Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, Alternative Parties friends, we have another exciting guest like we always have on this podcast. Her name is Sarah, and she's running for office. And God willing, she's going to tell us more about it. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thanks. Do you need me to tell you about the, what the office I'm running for, or is that part of the question? You can go ahead and tell our audience right away. Okay. Um, I'm running for South Carolina State Treasurer. I'm running uh, basically as an independent on a um, it's a small party in South Carolina. We've recently gone national, but it's it's called the Alliance Party. And I am running to replace a 12-year incumbent um, who um, I think – I don't think it's doing a very good job. So <laughs> I am, um, I'm a CPA with um, uh, almost 18 years' experience in public accounting, and um, one of my favorite things to do is kind of nerdy, is to look at data and do projections and forecasting based on historical references um, within, within financial statements. So um, I do it for my clients as far as, as, far as their, like, tax planning and uh, practice you know, practice management. So, um, kind of, kind of my my jive and and how what I like to do. So, I felt that the treasurer's position would be an appropriate position for for me to take on in order to to help manage the affairs of the state. So, yeah. Yes, it sounds like it. Sometimes when people run for office, maybe often when people run for office, it's not something that they're the direct career path, but in this case, it's a direct career path because you have experience in accounting, it sounds like. Yep, absolutely. That's right. Interesting. So what led you to get involved in the Alliance Party? Uh, I had decided that, because every time I'd go to the ballot, it would be incumbents running unopposed. And in the state of South Carolina, 70% of incumbent politicians run unopposed. So mm-hmm. I was I was tired of not having a choice at the ballot box. So I decided that I was going to run for office. And the first time I ran, I tried to run as a writing candidate. Uh, but the interesting thing is, is that nobody knows how to write in a candidate anymore. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, it's with the age of digital... Uh, digital selection, <clears throat> there's no paper ballot that you physically write on. So you'd have to know to add a candidate, type their name in, the you know, spelling and everything, at least remotely close, um, and then select them as a candidate. So I had a lot of questions the first time around about, like, how do I add you to the ballot? Are you going to be on the ballot? You know, I'm like, no, I'm a writing candidate. They're like, how do you do that? So it was it was a little bit of a a struggle trying to get people to vote for me when they a they didn't see me on the ballot or b didn't understand how to put in a write-in candidate. So I didn't want to run. Uh, so the next time I decided to run, I was going to run with a party because I'd be clearly on the ballot. Uh, it was it was a little bit more straightforward than a petition candidate because um, you have to get X amount of signatures in the voting district. Um, for the office that you're running for. So it's like, I'm definitely going to run for a party next time, but I didn't like the idea of running for the the typical, um, the, the branded, I would say, parties, um, because I thought that they were too polarized. 
and two okay. trebles. And I really wanted to run for a, a party that would let me run my own race uh, and let me make decisions based on my preferences for, you know, just engagement. And and when I was going through the list of approved parties in the state of South Carolina, at the time it was called the American Party, South Carolina. And it had been put together by a former Democrat and a former Republican who had both either run for statewide office or um, <clears throat> been, um, been actually elected to statewide office. And they wanted to start a new uh, – a new kind of like different way kind of party uh, and that was a lot more free form and let people be people instead of letting people be politicians or having people be politicians. So they also put, you know, certain restrictions like ethical mandates and transparency mandates out there. So I'm like, this is the party that I want, I want to be involved with. Uh, so I, I called uh, Jim Rex, and my husband and I met him, and everything he said made sense. So from that moment on, I've been involved with the, with the state party and um, gone to national conventions with the party um, to kind of further our, what our design of what a political party should be um, with transparency and, and ethics and uh, actually putting in term limits for the candidates that run under our party banner, too. So in order to, to promote public service and uh, less private, I guess, private monopolies of political offices. So, so ethical mandates, I'm sorry. Ethical mandates, what does that entail? What ethical mandates are they looking for? So we're just, you have to, you, it's like you can't, you have to basically put yourself out there as a candidate who is not going to be taking money under the table or even, um, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, just, just make sure that all of your, you know, you're not trying to keep anything from from the public view. You're not trying to take money that is kind of like dirty money as far as like from PACs, like from political action committees and all that kind of stuff. We it's really we want and technically you can't take money from PACs anyway, but it's it's we want to run a straightforward campaign with individual donations, not any you know, big corporate funding kind of situations and and, and, and put ourselves out there as candidates who are, like, straightforward and don't try to mush around topics. Like, I want you to know what I, what I believe in. I want you to know why I'm running for office. It's not going to be, like, a wishy-washy kind of answer. Um, I want you to know where I stand on something. If you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it directly, and I'm going to to do so without causing controversy. Um, and I think that that's the, that's the biggest part of being ethical is just not not trying to uh, rock the boat in a way that would cause more more chaos for the for for everyone than than not. Sure. 
Sure. Okay. Most people have a familiarity with what a treasurer does for a state, but specifically, how would you define the roles and responsibilities in the treasurer in South Carolina? Well, I'm kind of curious because a lot of people I talk to don't even know what the state tre- the state treasurer does. Oh, so, they don't. And, okay. Yeah, and it's different, and it's different in every state. In South Carolina, basically, the state treasurer is the state banker. They okay. hold. They hold. It's basically like if you were to go. They used to actually when when the state department would um, or when the state would issue paychecks and you wanted to cash your check, you'd go to the treasurer's office and they'd cash, they'd cash your check for you. Huh. Um, but now it's, it's, you know, it's much more digital. And, I mean, uh, and the, the state treasurer is really responsible for holding the funds of the state until the legislature is ready to use them. So the money comes in from the Department of Revenue and it sits in the state coffers. And then when the Department of Revenue is ready to issue, um, you know, to basically spend the money, um, it gets, it, there's another office that's elected that re- actually writes the check. So the treasurer really is just the one that holds the money and is responsible for overseeing investments to make sure that, you know, with inflation especially, that the money grows. Uh, and that, you know, we're either receiving interest or dividends or whatever the state is invested in, that there is a return on our, on that, on those investments. Uh, right now, a lot of that is, a lot of that facility is, is given to third parties, like third party brokers, um, that the state contracts with, and the treasurer is just responsible for maintaining those contracts. Um, but, Again, there's not a lot of transparency as to what the state is invested in or who is in charge of those contracts. Um, you'd have to ask for, um, you know, public information releases to get those details. Um, but uh, that's that's basically what the state treasurer does. Money. There, uh, the other facility that the state, the South Carolina state treasurer does is they are in charge of uh, the Coverdale education savings accounts for education um, and it's it's again it's kind of a situation where the treasurer is not I mean, no longer responsible for what is what those monies are invested in but basically maintaining the contracts that do manage those those accounts so I, I see for the state sure in your position as a CPA, what did you learn about the government that you want to change shall you get elected to this office or perhaps to lobby to change as you are running for office? Well, as I mentioned, the the treasurer is, is responsible for this Coverdale, Coverdale education savings accounts, um, okay. which are basically like educational IRAs for, for children. And he uses his his um, he, he's basically giving an advertising budget to promote those Coverdell savings account in the state of South Carolina, but at the same time he's using his his personal image and name as the state treasurer to do those promotions. So it's almost like he's getting 
political recognition by using a state, like a state-run institution to get it, which I think is unethical. Uh, And I'd like to make sure that that when I'm I'm elected, that I bring legislation to, you know, to the state legislature that says this, you cannot do this. Like, you cannot have your name or your face associated with advertising that is directly linked to, uh, to basically to programs associated with uh, the state directly. Okay. So this that covered it. The the education savings accounts is one of those funds specifically that uh, you know between billboards and commercials and radio ads. Uh, he 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 actually uses his his voice his face to promote those products. And I think I think it's unethical because uh, he's he's basic. No other no other. Uh, executive office in the state has that privilege, and and I want to make sure that the treasurer's office is is stopped from doing that as well. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So he's the guy that's running against you. You said I remember you saying earlier that in South Carolina they usually run unopposed so does that mean that there's not a Democratic or Republican there's only one person you're running, you're running against? Yeah, yeah the, the incumbent is a Republican and he is okay. running he, if I was not running he would be running unopposed. Okay. So the Democratic Party is not fielding anybody? Mm-hmm. Correct. Is he well liked in the state, or is he unpopular? It's as a Republican, the South Carolina is a redder state than okay. not. So, my challenge is that people vote party; they vote tribe, right. and I don't think that they're aware of some of the ethical issues that he's had in the past, or that. Some people find his management style toxic. Uh, so it's one of those things that I it's hard for me to relate those details to people who really don't care because, like I said, a lot of what he's doing is kind of managed by third parties or by outside affiliates. Um, and it's just now more of the treasurer's responsibility to maintain the contracts and make sure that the state's getting a good deal. So, and without more transparency in the office, it's hard for me to pinpoint that this, I would change this specific practice or this specific contract. Uh, and, I mean, there is there is some security to it, too, because you don't want, I mean, with, with, the, with open information, I mean, someone could look at the holdings of the state treasurer's office and decide that they wanted to tank it. You know, basically, because um, I don't know how much you know about stocks, but even with, like, the, the GameStop and AMC, where individual investors can, can roll stock one way or another, it's one of those things that you don't want that to happen to state institutions. But at the same time, it's from 
the outside looking in, it's hard to say that you would change this or that because you don't, you just don't know the granular details. Sure. But I, I do know that with my experience and being able to mine data and being able to use historical references to understand, uh, have a more complete picture of what's going on within a, within a financial statement, I think that I could do I could do a good job of making sure that the state the state is not being, you know, swindled, basically, uh, and, and to pinpoint specifically what, what the current treasurer is doing wrong is not as easy as it seems. But with that ethics issue, with the state, the state programs being used to further his public image, I do see that as, like, as a specific issue um, ethically. That I'd like to address, and, um, and I think that it's it's wrong. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm hinging my my whole campaign on is you know, his the unethical nature of his use of public programming to basically get political gain. So. Sure. So what is your campaign strategy? How are you going to reach the voters and spread your message to them? Well, in the past, I've done a course yard signs and parades. Uh, I've, I'm trying to do more things like this, like podcasts, uh, and get more broadcast uh, radio and and even I need to. Uh, it's one of the things on my list is I need to start bugging uh, small local papers for editorial space uh, to get to kind of push the idea that he, the state should not be supporting. You know this kind, this kind of unethical behavior with respect to uh, public programming for uh, political gain. So. so, are you running this campaign by yourself, or do you have a team helping out? I do have some people who are making calls for me, and um, and obviously the Alliance Party at large is very generous with their time and, and answering questions and, like, brainstorming ideas. So for the most part, I'm running the campaign by myself, but I do have I do have a lot of input and assistance as far as, you know, just, just putting in the mileage um, to, get, to get appointments put together and schedules set up for uh, interviews or even um, – you know, kind of like the editorial, because you can do editorial interviews for newspapers and stuff too. So, putting together a list of of different outlets to contact, finding the right contact information, making the contacts. So that I do kind of have a couple people that are helping me do that legwork. That's good. Good to have help. Yes. So you've already secured the ballot, or do you have to gather signatures? No, it's already on the ballot. Like, I'll already be on the ballot as soon as the um, party confirms their uh, slate of candidates. Uh, okay. I'll be on the ballot. Okay, so the party's got ballot status. Yes. Yes, they do. Good. That's one last thing you have to worry about then. Yes, absolutely. And then the elections on November, the, is it November 7th? Yes, the regular general election. On, let me see, I was going to look. I think it's November 7th. No, it's November 8th. Okay, so it's it's coming up in about four months. Yes. 
does your campaign activities change as it approaches, or do you have a steady pace oh, yeah. that you've gone throughout? No, no, no. So it, it actually ramps up closer because during the summer, people are on vacation. They don't want to deal with politics. They, you know, they're not paying attention, especially to lower-level races. Uh, so unless you're involved in politics, people are, they just don't, they just don't care. And I would say that, like, that's like 90% of people, um, okay. unfortunately. Um, and I found that in my last, my last campaign is that people, again, they don't really pay attention until the month before. Um, for me, the, I just, there's, you know, there's just some things that I need to, I also need, because I've done several different campaigns, I need to – my website has, like, layers to it, like this campaign, this campaign, this campaign, this campaign, and I kind of – and I have to go back through and kind of clean up everything so that everything's now referencing the treasurer's race again and not, like, the state senate race that I did last cycle. So uh, it's one of those things that – and I have a full-time job, and I have four children. So it's a lot of – it's a lot going on and trying to manage, you know, a campaign – uh, because again, if I didn't run against them, no, there was no one, no one else to to bring to put on the ballot. So um, I just want to I want to make sure people have choices and that the choices make sense. Um, so I think that for the state treasurer's office, you know, a CPA makes sense. So. Yes, it does. So you said you ran for state senate and other offices. What did you learn from those other races that you're applying now? Um, pretty much. The the issue that nobody nobody it's, and this is the daunting thing is that nobody really pays attention until the last month before the race real like starting October first is really when people start paying attention to who's on their ballot and you can kind of see that just in in the emails that like just in the emails that I get and the conversations that are coming through on my um, website and my Facebook feed. Um, it's just people aren't really, people don't really pay attention to the last to the last month. Also, I've also found that when people look, look you up on your website, they don't look at other websites. Like 90% of people just look at the first page of your website. So anything that you want to convey to people really should be on the front page. Um, because they're only gonna, again, this is, I'm a, I'm a down ballot from the governor. Again, I'm on the, it's part of the executive branch of the state, of the state legislature, but at the same time, it's, it's still an elected position, but it's not one that is really on anyone's radar as far as having any kind of influence. Um, so the, the, whatever information you have to convey, you have to convey it first. Like, put it there where they can see it immediately when they go to your website. Uh, so that's another piece of information that I think is kind of helpful for anyone who's thinking about running for office. Yes, that sounds like a good tip. Mm -hmm. So, Sarah, how can our audience support your campaign? Oh, um, the, the best thing is to email me um, and let me know how you'd like to support me. And my email is sarahwork.com. For F O R S C at Gmail dot com. So it's Sarah Work for South Carolina at Gmail dot com. Um, and my website is work for SC uh, dot org. And uh, 
and it's really just, you know, reach out and let me know how you'd like to how you'd like to help, either whether, you know, make those phone calls, help me, like, put out flyers on doors, or um, if you have contacts within broadcast or um, publishing companies um, to help, help me get my name out there to the larger audience. Um, it would be, it would be, oh man, it would be a boon. I'd really appreciate it. Awesome. Sarah, we wish you all the best in your upcoming campaign, and we thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the time. All right, all the best to you in, in all your personal and professional endeavors and the campaign. Thank you so much. You have a good one. Take care. You too. Toodles.